Welcome to the Squares Marriage Ministry Podcast. I'm Jenny. I'm Chris. And together, we lead Marriage Ministry at the Square Church, which exists to be a consistent presence of community, care, and conversation to support Christ-centered marriages. Our December Married Monthly was a take-home date with a video teaching where Jenny and I covered family of origin, in-laws, boundaries, and traditions. This is part one where we covered in-laws, life stages, and boundaries. Don't forget to check out part two and three for the entire teaching. So first, we're going to be talking about our family of origins. And one thing we can recognize is you cannot change your family of origin. But we can recognize that it has shaped us in a number of ways. It shaped us in the way that we communicate, the way that we express affection or don't, the way you handle conflict, and our expectations around holidays. Yeah, so we have a personal example here. We were raised in very different households. And for the record, we have good relationships with our in-laws. Hey, mom and dad. (laughs) So just know that anything that we communicate here tonight is not a surprise to anyone. But when I was growing up, our dinner table was boisterous and loud. And we had this, we, we would say, we don't argue we debate, but really, we it would sound like arguing, uh, first of all. But secondly, the way that we communicated as a family was that when you're passionate about something, you would fight for it. And when I started having dinner at Chris's house, it is was such a more peaceful uh, situation. But also, to me, when I had been raised the way that I was, I was like, what are we fighting here, You know, it was kind of confusing because uh, it was so quiet. (laughs) Dinner at our house wasn't a place that we really talked about any problems. It was very calm. We all ate together, uh, but it was, like I said, it was a quiet, calm atmosphere. We had dinner, we cleaned our plates, we put our dishes away, moved on with our night. Right. And so for Chris at my house... I remember really early on attending one of these famous like Irvin debate dinners and just shrinking into my chair, just eating my food very quietly, not making <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> and afterwards it's like, why why was everybody yelling at dinner? Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? We don't we were just talking. That's how we talk. We talk up here. So anyway, um So like at Jenny's house, loud meant you were passionate and you had your opinion. Whereas at my house, if our voices were raised, that meant danger and something was wrong. Right. So when you look at something like that and you look at the scenario and you hold it and you look at it from, you know, like a bird's eye view, no one's doing anything wrong at all. There can be misconstrued assumptions. There can be miscommunications. There can be hurt feelings. And just um, we can leave each other just in a lot of confusion about what is going on when we come from such different families of origins. And this is a common thing. So we got to talk about it. Yeah. And differences don't just mean that they're wrong. It's just helpful to know that your family is different. My family is different. If we can talk about them and identify how they're different, then we can learn more about how we interact with each other and our in-laws. And you'll find differences in your families of origin all across the board. Something like the dinner table to some much graver and larger differences But the reality is that we have to remember that we are our own unique union. Now, we as a married Mm. couple in covenantal marriage under Christ, 
the important thing is that we can communicate, that we can talk about our past without it affecting our present. Yeah. A few years ago, we attended like a virtual class from some extended family. Now, this is uh, our, some family that live out in Arizona, Dave and Debbie Briggs. They presented a class called Marenting, which talks about parenting within the context of marriage and marriage within the context of parenting. And what they outlined were six different stages of parenting. Because the reality is, is as we grow and as our parents grow, what we need from our parents changes from stage to stage. Yeah, so... The reason that we want to bring this up when we talk about families of origin is because, generally speaking, most of the marriages at our church are going to be in the first three stages of parenting as married people, and most of our parents are going to be in the last three stages of parenting as married people. So hang with us. I know the terminology is a little bit, uh, can get a little bit confusing, but because often we are parents ourselves, we have parents, but even as just married people, we are a family unit and we each bring parents into the um, conversation. Yeah, so we'll go through the first ones a little bit quickly and focus on one later on. Stage one is our bonding stage. So this is when two people are engaged or in the very early years of their marriage. So it's just the two of you and it's characterized by a, a, a carefree life, just doing things spur of the moment. You're not tied down by kids, but you can just live freely. Right, so bonding between one another. Mm -hmm. The second stage is teaching and modeling. It's probably the majority of our square families where you have young families with young kids, preschool through elementary. And this is characterized by exhaustion, how much time and energy our kids take. It's almost like, like the, the dazed stage. Mm -hmm. um, you have a lack of couple time because you're pouring so much into your kids. And the truth is that this stage, it feels like you wish you had your old life back sometimes. Yeah, you, the win at the end of the day is just still <laughs> going to bed together, right? I have nothing else to give. <laughs> then the third stage is a guiding stage. So we're moving on from parenting young kids preschool and elementary to high school and then even beyond. We we're raising teenagers. And so this is characterized by the transition of your kids from dependent to independent. Right. It's that first time that we start switching. So our children are still following behind us. We are still guiding them where they are going. Um, but it's a lot less of a do this. It's like, you know, try, you know, why don't you consider trying this instead? Um, so yeah, that's the, as your kids get older. So now we're going to move into what our parents, the, the stages, stages that our parents are in. Right. So stage four is what we're going to start talking about our parents. So our parents in stage four would be characterized by a couple who have adult children who have left home. They're maybe engaged. These are the college years. This is where we switch. If you want to think about it as an analogy, like the guiding up through the guiding stage, my children are still falling behind me. Now, this is the suggesting stage. They have started to move away and then they are walking in a direction that we can suggest, but we're not guiding them every step of the way anymore or our parents aren't guiding us every step of the way anymore. Mm -hmm. The stage five is an even one step further in separation between uh, adult parents and adult children. And then this would be once the adult children have started their own family. So we talk about that as marriage because that is when you're creating your covenantal bond, you become one flesh. 
Um, this is when we really have some unique boundaries drawn here. This is the stage kids have their own families to raise, um, open communication between adult parents and adult children, uh, but really the adult parents here should just be communicating, I'm here to help you if you need. This is, it's no longer appropriate for adult parents to feel like it's their responsibility to guide or even suggest mm -hmm. for their adult children. Their adult children are creating their own families. And I think this stage, stage five specifically, is where we find a lot of tension with families of origin because it is hard for adult parents to let go of the suggestions, to let go of the guidance. But in fact, their responsibility to their adult children is to really just respond. Mm -hmm. If I reach out, my parents are there if I need them, but they are not contacting me with what they think I should be doing differently. Yeah. And then the sixth stage is like grandparenthood, where you are observing. You just get to be there for the snuggles. Right. So those are the stages of marriage and parenting that we see ourselves, but also our parents go through. And we just wanted to give you that terminology because it's easier when you have these ideas of what should be to be able to recognize, okay, this is why this is painful. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe my parents might be acting out of stage and that's why it's causing this friction and this rub. And the reason that's specifically helpful is because that doesn't have to go between us. Mm -hmm. When we don't have terminology, sometimes we can be like, well, it doesn't bother me if my mom calls me with guidance. Why does it bother you so much if my mom calls me with guidance? Well, because you are recognizing this isn't an appropriate, you like, we should be talking about right. guiding each other, not your parents. Like, why are your parents here in between us? But in fact, we can say, I feel like I'm getting this guidance from my mom. And I want you to know that I recognize that's out of alignment, but we can work through it as a couple. So mm -hmm. it's a, something that we put in front of us together as opposed to something that comes in between us. And it can just get so tricky with families of origin because we love them and that's okay. But there is an appropriate stage. And when our parents are acting outside of their stages, it can cause friction. Right, and the, the conversation with the parents could be really hard and challenging to go into, but really saying, here is what I need for you, from you at this point in our lives. We are married, we are our own unit, and I want to be able to reach out if I have questions and advice. Um, but to have advice come at us, it feels like we are still being parented in the previous stage or while I'm still in college. But now that we're married, we're our own unit, we can move forward and ask for advice, and I know that you are there, and it's comforting to know. Right, and every couple's different. You might not be able to have that honest conversation with your parents. But if you can recognize between the two of you, we've got some stuff out of stage. Let's deal with it together as a couple. Um, that is a great first step as well. Yeah. So when we are talking about having these conversations with our families of origin or even conversations about our families with our spouse, it is a perfect segue into talking about boundaries. Yeah, so we're gonna just spend some time talking about defining boundaries. Your family begins when you get married, not necessarily when you have kids, but from the moment that you declare in front of everybody that you are husband and wife, you are one flesh, it's actually appropriate and healthy for you to function as a single unit, now separate from your parents. Right, and we get this from Genesis chapter two, 
But for Adam, no suitable helper was found, so the Lord caused the man to fall asleep. While he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, closed up the place with flesh, and the Lord made a woman from the rib he had taken of the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken of man. And this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife so that they become one flesh. Yeah, and since you function as your own family unit, it's now important to establish and communicate well those boundaries to each of your families. So when we talk about the word boundaries, that can definitely mean different things to different people. When we say boundaries, we are using the definition from John Townsend's book, Boundaries. Yeah, and here's just a little excerpt from his blog just to kind of create some context around this. In the physical world, boundaries are easy to see. Fences, signs, walls, moats with alligators, manicured lawns, and hedges are all physical boundaries. In their differing appearances, they give the same message. This is where my property begins. The owner of the property is legally responsible for what happens on his or her property. Non-owners are not responsible for the property. Physical boundaries mark a visible property line that someone holds the deed to. You can go to the county courthouse and find out exactly where those boundaries of responsibility are and whom to call if you have business there. In the spiritual world, boundaries are just as real but often harder to see. Boundaries define us. They define what is me and what is not me. A boundary shows me where I end and someone else begins, leading me to a sense of ownership. Right. So what you should hear here is that boundaries help define us. Mm -hmm. They're not something that we put on other people. So I know who I'm responsible for, and that's me. And so in marriage, we have to know the fences around our relationship with God, our relationship with our spouse. And um, the difference between being responsible for someone and being responsible to someone. So I'm responsible for myself. I'm not responsible for Chris. I'm responsible to Chris. I have he's my spouse. I gave him my life. We are covenantally married, but what he does, he's responsible for. Mm -hmm. And it's these kinds of boundaries that when we set them up for ourselves in union with God, in union with one another, we can then look to our families of origin and say, there is a difference between being responsible to who I am in my family versus being responsible for my family. We're not responsible for our families. We're responsible for us. Yeah, so here's just a quick example. My mom has five grandkids, four with us, and one from my older brother and his wife. And every year we gather at the Botanical Gardens to take pictures with St. Nicholas. We are responsible to my family as participants in this tradition, just communicating our plan and all the expectations, but we are responsible for our family as far as getting there at the agreed upon time and following through with the communication that we set forth. Right, so those boundaries help us have good communic communication to our family, but also have the appropriate amount of responsibility on our family. Yeah, and boundaries can be really hard and challenging to establish and maintain, but they do build a culture of health and honor. Yeah. So. Remember, boundaries start with yourself. Mm -hmm. They define what is you and what is not you. 
where you end and where someone else begins. Yeah, if you need any more help with boundaries through a scriptural lens, we highly recommend that book by John Townsend, just called Boundaries. Yeah, he's got tons of great examples and even more definitions to help you understand how to create healthy, honoring boundaries. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out parts two and three for the entire teachings.